Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 125 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today I'm joined by Lucas Kaser as we preview week four and give our start sits, waiver ads, and all in check or fold trade talk section. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All right, week three in the books. Week four coming up strong. We got a big Thursday night game. Lucas is back with us this week. Lucas, how are you? Feeling good. Feeling good. Um, coming coming high off a 200-point performance in the listener league. Uh, ready to hopefully continue that uh, vengeance a little bit. Max effort, dude. That was a big. That was a big time rollout. You sent me a text midday uh, that was saying you were projected at 200. I didn't quite believe you. Um, I had to do some research myself, and sure enough, you actually exceeded 200. Put up 211, which is quite impressive. Uh, I will be, of course, recapping week three and previewing week four of the TCK Pod Listener League on tomorrow's episode. So make sure you tune into that. But for today, we are going through week four's preview we're going to go run down each game and give you our start sit players and then after the break we'll give you some extra additional waiver ads and uh, go through our all-in check or fold trade segment the last couple of weeks we have run through every player on every team we're not going to do that we're going to try to save a little bit of time uh, for Thursday night's game for example Eagles versus Packers, you know that you're starting Wentz and you know that you're starting Ertz and you know that you're starting Rodgers and Adams and Jones. So we're going to skip over those guys. We're just going to cover the guys that might be on the fence due to injury or player position or maybe they're, they're hot or they're not right now. So we're just going to cover those names instead. Before we get rolling, heads up, this is the first week of the season that has bye weeks. So the 49ers and the Jets are on bye this week. Jets, you're probably not starting anybody outside of Le'Veon Bell right now. The 49ers, however, uh, have been one of the hotter teams in the league. Their defense is playable, number two defense in fantasy. Um, Jimmy G's been a streamer. Uh, Kittle, of course, three or four different running backs, depending on when you're working at it. Uh, Debo Samuel in deeper leagues. So there's a lot of options there for the 49ers. And uh, Le'Veon Bell, of course, on the other side. uh, And Robbie Anderson, too. So make sure that you're making those – waiver claims accordingly and make sure that when you're trading moving forward maybe we can talk about this a little bit further after the break so i'll save it but let's talk about trading and integrating bye weeks into that i've got a few things to say there so make sure to remind me let's jump into thursday night football though man we got the eagles traveling across to the not yet frozen tundra of lambeau field for the packers for the Eagles, Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey still questionable for this week. Of course, they were both out last week, so they're up in the air. If they sit one or both of them sit, Nelson Aguilar is an automatic start for me. Two touchdowns last week, a huge game. And Miles Sanders, for me, is still kind of a flex at best right now. But just like David Montgomery, in my opinion, he's the best back in that backfield. I think it's just a matter of time before he becomes that clear number one but he's not quite yet that guy with Jordan Howard getting the touchdown last week um so the Eagles are kind of up in the air I think a lot of it has to do with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson uh for Nelson Aguilar and maybe a a pause on uh, Miles Sanders but Aguilar and Sanders I think are deep flexes um in deeper leagues and on the Green Bay side of course you start your studs but how do you feel about Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Geronimo Allison, Jamal Williams and Jimmy Graham? Yeah, I think Jerome, or 
MVS, like I sort of, uh, I guess if in the off season, in the summer, that was kind of a big decision between is MVS or Geronimo Allison going to be the wide receiver two for Aaron Rodgers as they have historically been uh, very, very fantasy relevant this year by the looks of the, I don't even know how this offense, this looks so bad and they're three and oh, but the, he should be <laughs> a good flex play, but MVS has definitely separated himself as the wide receiver two. So from here on out, I think MVS is a very good flex play. And then even uh, with bye weeks coming up or starting now, like you mentioned, he might be a plug and play um, if one of your main starters is, is out for the week. But besides that, I really think Geronimo Allison and Jimmy Graham probably won't ever be fantasy relevant for the rest of the season. They might have their big games here and there, but you won't be comfortable ro rostering them for, uh, for the remainder of the year. And Jamal Williams kind of just strikes me as a handcuff, uh, maybe waiver pickup due to the sort of 50-50 uh, snap share that has been in the backfield lately. A frustrating handcuff. Frustrating in that, like, if you own Aaron Jones, you're pissed at Jamal Williams. And if you don't own Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams is getting, like, enough work that if he was a different running back, you might target him as, like, a buy low. But you know that he's not quite the starter. Yeah, <laughs> so he's quite frustrating, man. But, yeah, he, he definitely did outpace yardage-wise um, Aaron Jones last week. We know that Aaron Jones is better, and he got those two touchdowns. But Jamal Williams is not going away. So, yeah, tricky. On MVS, really quick, man, I am actually super bullish on him. And uh, we've seen Devontae Adams get – you know, Devontae Adams has had three of the toughest matchups in the league to start the start the season. I think he is a, an upgrade here moving forward. But I think – when Rodgers realizes that that Adams is getting somewhat double covered and taken out of the game, he hyper targets somebody else. And so far, it has been MBS. So if there's a bad matchup for Adams, uh, MBS is a, is a fire up for sure. Let's move on to the New York football giants and the uh, Washington squad. The Giants, of course, uh, a wave of emotions on Sunday, losing Saquon Barkley uh, late in the, in the first half to a high ankle sprain. He's out four to eight weeks. Um, and then getting Daniel Jones to uh, get his first uh, NFL win as a starter. And he had two rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns. Played very well, actually. Um, on the Washington side, they got embarrassed on Monday Night Football against the Bears. Five turnovers, dude. Uh, not looking good. The only bright spot there was Terry McLaurin. That kid is the real deal. Um, he has had five receptions, 60 yards, and a touchdown at least in each of his first three games. He's an automatic start for me. Um, honestly, dude, I think he's like a wide receiver too, uh, depending on the matchup. He's definitely a flex. Um, you know, the way you drafted and because he – if he was drafted at all, um, he's way down in your depth chart. So I'm sure there hasn't been a lot of injuries at the wide receiver position. So I'm sure you have better options. But – McLaurin is an excellent, excellent option. He's playing really well. So definitely a flex, borderline uh, wide receiver two with the um, buys coming up moving forward. And just a couple bubble names. I like Chris Thompson as a PPR back out of the backfield there in, in what should be a close and competitive game. Adrian Peterson in deep um, uh, standard formats. And Vernon Davis is a name to uh, keep out. I'm actually – Kind of bullish on him this week. We'll, we'll get to him in our, our starts of the week after the break. But I like Vernon Davis taking over as that number one tight end for Washington with Jordan Reed out for the foreseeable future. On the Giants side, Daniel Jones, Wayne Goleman, Sterling Shepard, all pretty important waiver pickups this week. We'll dive deeper into them potentially after the break. But um, how do you feel about them really quick? And maybe we'll dive into them a little bit deeper later on. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, apparently there's a football team in New York now that is not the Jets, and it's – Buffalo Bills, baby. Okay, I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll see after <laughs> this week. They had, they're, they're probably the we- – actually, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. The 49ers are probably the weakest 3-0 team. Oh, like, 100%. But, bro, the wins are wins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're like seventh on power rankings ahead of like – oh, I don't even know. They're ahead of teams that they shouldn't have. I mean, whatever. It's based on the, rank, the record or whatever. But Daniel Jones, um, we'll talk about him. He's definitely, a, I, I think, in Superflex, the top waiver ad. And then probably like top two or three, you could argue, in non-Superflex leagues. But we'll get more into him. He's probably a QB2 going forward unless he shows that he does have the elite rushing upside, mm-hmm. which he definitely could because he did in college quite a bit. Yep. So he could be maybe like low-end QB1. Um, Gallman, kind of just depends on how your running back uh, depth is on your team, like, I mean, obviously, if you're the Barkley owner, you're going to need a running back. So you're going to be targeting him uh, a lot with a lot of fused fab or whatever. But then you also mentioned that you heard they might be trying to uh, add insurance in the backfield a little bit. Yeah. And well, just to just to be clear, I haven't heard it from like the team per se. I'm just thinking that like that's the move. Like Wayne Goldman isn't isn't the guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, they've they've talked about like uh, Orleans Darkwa, <laughs> who was on the team uh, previous, like tweeted out like, "Hey, like I'm available, holler at me." Um, you know, and, and my thing is just like, obviously, no one's going to replace Saquon Barkley. I think that's clear. But there's C.J. Anderson, Jay Ajayi, uh, you know, third and fourth string running backs on other teams in the NFL who aren't getting the rep. Mike Boone in Minnesota, one of the 49er guys who could potentially get picked up. TJ Yeldon, um, you know, with uh, Singletary kind of becoming his own. So I just think there's guys around the league, Kenyon Drake even in Miami, who could potentially get traded over for a six-week filler. Um, I just think that's possible. I'm not saying that I've yeah. heard it per se. I haven't yet. But to me, it just makes sense, dude. Like the Giants with this kind of momentum and energy with Daniel Jones and Eli finally out and them like actually doing it, like losing Saquon is catastrophic we understand that and i don't think they're like competing for the playoffs by any means however like they're going to be somewhat competitive they played really well on sunday um and you know i think if they're going to do that and have the energy to move forward they're going to have to bring in a quality running back and in my opinion wayne goleman is not that guy yeah i think i mean to me i think cj anderson makes the most sense kind of the approach they brought in last year with jonathan stewart um totally at the beginning of the year, just to kind of, I mean, it was smart decision when they ended up cutting Stewart, but yeah, I don't, I mean, if you have Barkley though, or like you have a running back like Barkley, say you have Barkley and Brita, like obviously they're both out this week with the buy and injury. You kind of are like obligated to pick him up in a sense, because you need that starter like Le'Veon Bell's on a buy. So he's definitely, I think a good fit for this week. And then Sterling Shepard as of now is uh, Daniel Jones wide receiver one uh, pending Golden Tate's, what next week is that when he comes back yes yeah so we'll, we'll see you then but for now Shepard's a good uh wide receiver two play for the week all right let's get into um <laughs> the chargers in miami and and we're going to talk about miami because uh we're just i feel like we're obligated to do so but let's talk about the chargers first uh this game is in miami um for the chargers uh i want to bring up mike williams um four for seven on the game, he has been pretty beat up for the first couple of weeks. Um, I think he felt, you know, he looked better uh, 
on Sunday and Keenan Allen, fucking unbelievable. 17 targets, 13 receptions, absolutely beasting. Um, I can make a case potentially that maybe they shut down Keenan Allen in like the second half if they're blowing him out like everyone else has on the uh, on the uh, Dolphins just for, you know, health. Uh, and maybe Mike Williams gets some garbage time in the second half would just kind of boost his stats, get him some work. So I like Mike Williams a lot. I'm firing him up for sure with confidence this week. And uh, Justin Jackson, you're not necessarily playing him right now. I just want to kind of keep him on people's radar. Uh, Austin Eckler came back down to earth this week, um, less than 100 total yards um, after absolutely exploding for the first two weeks. So if that's going to be the case and they get any sort of timeshare going on here, I think Justin Jackson is definitely worth a pickup, first of all. Um, but this could, be t- could become some sort of, you know, running back by committee eventually. And if that happens, I think Justin Jackson definitely gets some work, deep flex uh, abilities, because um, I think he's as good of a running back for sure as Austin Eckler. On the Miami side, there's not much to talk about um, outside of the running backs. We're not into Bellage or Kenyon Drake as of right now, but like I said, Kenyon Drake could potentially get traded, in which case I might change my entire tone on Kenyon Drake. But him in, in Miami, I'm not feeling it. But um, Preston Williams, uh, kind of a random name if, you don't, if you're not as uh, you know, much of a nerd about fantasy football as Lucas and I are. But uh, how do you feel about Preston Williams, man? And, and Devontae Parker, let's not forget, also had a, a nice one-handed um, deep grab down the sideline there. So a couple options, I guess. But to me, these are just super deep dart throws that I'm not sure we even need to uh, discuss too far. Yeah, I think really the only option I have it on here or reason I have it on here is because I'm – well, I mean, our uh, TCK pod league is pretty deep. The one BDGE league, I mean, I actually started, I've started him the last two weeks just because it's, it's such a deep league. And, I mean, he receives the targets. He's getting me like 10 a week in PPR just because, I mean, shocker, they're losing every game in a negative game. <laughs> they need to throw the ball. And just the air yards are there for him. So I'm not expecting uh, – I mean, I'm not expecting anything like big out of him. But, I mean, say Miami clicks it on. For some reason, he could definitely be a flex play for sure. Absolutely, I agree. I like that deep, deep name too. Let's go into Indianapolis where the Raiders come into town to face off the Colts. Uh, for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs is really the only one that I want to bring up. John Gruden said on Monday that he wants to get the ball more to Josh Jacobs as a receiver, which would be great. Um, he really only played 25 snaps uh, compared to Jalen Richard's 29. So, we, you know, he's been dealing with the head cold. He lost 10 pounds being sick. And as a, I mean, any human being losing 10 pounds in a couple of days is not good for your body An NFL running back and how big these fucking guys are. That's a huge difference, dude. Um, so I'm sure he just felt terrible, probably will for a week or two, but I think he can get a little bit better, especially if they use him in the pass game against the Colts. So I feel confident firing up Jacobs, but probably just as a flex at this point, I'm not really super confident. He had a great week one, but a bummer week two, and then last week was not uh, none stuff. So a little bit nervous about um, Josh Jacobs as my RB2. On the other side with the Colts, Jacoby Brissett has looked better and better each week, and the tight, uh, the tight ends, who I had both of them ranked in my top 15 when we were drafting, uh, not so much since Andrew Luck retired. Um, how do you feel about Jacoby Brissett, and are you interested in either one of these tight ends? Yeah, I think really what the Colts are doing, and it's kind of the worst thing possible for fantasy owners, is they're playing to win, like, real football in a sense, if that makes sense. <laughs> like, that's I mean, terrible like, for fantasy. I know. Like, that's that's why Brissett's such a good fantasy quarterback, because it's not actually, like, 
I don't know. He's not like actually like a gunslinger or like good on the ground or anything. Mm-hmm. It's that scheme. Um, so it's working for them to spread the ball out, but it's obviously killing everyone's early draft. Ebron in the fifth round shares and everyone, I mean, once Brissett was a quarterback, drafted Doyle higher than Ebron. And yeah, it's it's not looking good for the rest of the season for those two tight ends. And I, I would, I mean, I'm assuming they're on the waiver in a lot of leagues. I'm assuming they'll be on the waiver here soon and about all the leaks, um, like I said, probably 90, 90 plus percent here pretty soon. I agree. I really like Jacoby Brissett. I think you nailed it on the head, man. Oh, yeah. With all these, all these buys starting to come up, we only have two buy teams this week, but eventually we're going to have four and eventually we're going to have six. And all of a sudden when you start having that, man, your team start dropping out pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. especially in those super flex two QB leagues, I think that's a great call. Let's go into Houston where we have the Carolina Panthers heading to face off with the Texans. Uh, Kyle Allen, holy shit, um, filling in for Cam Newton. I mentioned on uh, the previous episode that I think personally, you know, without being a doctor, that uh, Cam Newton is going to be out for a number of weeks. Um, Carolina is not going to let anybody know any quicker than they need to because they want everyone to game plan for Cam Newton, although I don't think that's that tough these days. Anyway, nonetheless, um, he p- could potentially be dealing with plantar fasciitis, which we just talked about with Amari Cooper. That comes and goes, but Cam already looks pretty terrible. Kyle Allen looked great, four touchdowns in his debut. And my question to you, Lucas, is which receiver do you like the best for Carolina? So DJ Moore, who I think is, you know, most people would say is kind of, you know, is ahead of of Curtis Samuel, at least right now, caught one of two targets for a 52-yard touchdown. And then Curtis Samuel caught five of 11 for 53 yards and a touchdown last week. I personally lean toward Curtis Samuel. How do you feel about these receivers? And um, do you start either? Well, I mean, I guess you could flex either one of them. Are you super confident against either one of these guys on the road with a quarterback making a second start against Houston? Is Greg Olson an option? <laughs> no. Yeah, Greg, uh, Greg Olson as receiver. I mean, I a, suppose. He's the wide receiver one. Uh, no, I think Samuel for Kyle Allen is the better uh, receiver yeah. you saw that all the one start he had last year and then uh, obviously last week I mean it kind of makes sense like it's yep. a an experienced quarterback in the middle of the field the yep. short uh, shorter route so yeah I think I mean Moore's gonna have those big plays but they don't get to play the Cardinals every week so I right. think Samuel's the way to go if you have to pick one and to your point Greg Olson did lead the team with seven targets so uh, he obviously is the man in Carolina for this foreseeable future let's hop over to Houston um, two running backs, man, that kind of uh, are frustrating if you're playing them. I don't have either one of them in any league. I'm staying away from this mess. Uh, but Hyde or Duke Johnson, and then how do you feel about these receivers, man? Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, Kiki QT, and then two tight ends had touchdowns and big games for Houston. There's a lot going on here, and really the only automatics for Houston are, of course, Watson and New Hopkins. Are you starting either running back? Are you starting – any of these receivers and are you starting either of these tight ends uh in houston yeah definitely no to the tight ends i mean that can happen to any team at any time there's never been any traction of tight ends and uh houston three touch three of four touchdowns from deshaun watson went to tight ends last week which is very uncharacteristic i'm not really i mean that could also be really good defensive game planning for the chargers sure they're really focused on fuller maybe or something uh stills I mean, the production seems like he's becoming the wide receiver too, but the air yards are just there for Fuller. He's 13th in air yards uh, out of all receivers, which 
if you're unfamiliar uh, listening, basically just the ball, the the yards the ball travels travels in the air. So Fuller, I don't know, and I haven't really been paying attention like if he's dropping balls or just not connecting, but he'll drop one of those 200 yard and two touchdown games here pretty soon. Yep. But uh, I mean, who do they play this with? Carolina. I mean, I guess you could maybe take a shot on Fuller, but it's it's definitely like an eyes closed yep. shot in the dark type play. He's Deshaun. He's Deshaun Watson with less, uh, you know, like consistency or or Deshaun, you know. Deshaun Jackson. Uh, what I say, Deshaun Watson. Watson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Deshaun Jackson. Thank you. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson. Just kind of that 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 boomer bust. Um, Will Fuller so far two for sixty nine in week one, four for forty in week two, and five for fifty one. So he is getting more work. Bad. But he, you're right. He doesn't have that long touchdown yet. He will eventually, um, and he will get his touchdowns. But uh, so far, not much. Um, Kenny Stills, on the other hand, has been the one to uh, really kind of be that third uh, receiver. Four for six last week for 89 yards. Um, I like that a lot. And Kiki Kuti doesn't seem to be in the mix. Of course, he's a bit banged up, but um, not much going on for him. So. Uh, I'm kind of with you, man. I'm, I might stay away from all of these guys, but me personally, I'd fire up Hyde and possibly Fuller, but that's probably it for me. Mm-hmm. Let's go on to Detroit, where the Lions have the pleasure of hosting Mahomes and the Chiefs this week. For the Chiefs, whoo, there's two big running back uh, questions and two big receiver questions. Um, LaShawn McCoy or Darrell, uh, Darrell Williams, um, let's say hypothetically Damian Williams is out again. Are you comfortable starting LaShawn McCoy coming off of his ankle injury? As of right now, he's questionable. And I think probable, I'll double check right now, but I haven't heard anything to say that he's going to miss the game just yet. If Williams is out, are you comfortable with Shady? And if Williams is in, are you comfortable with uh, any of these guys? I think you just got to play the starter. I really don't think you want to get too fancy and try and, I mean, Daryl Williams got his productions because Shady got banged up, and they just—I mean, they, it doesn't matter who the running back is on that team; they're gonna—it's gonna work out. Um, so I would say just play a starter, whoever that may be, because um, Damian Williams and Shady could both be out; they could both play. Shady could be the starter. There's so many scenarios to who the starter could be. Um, that being said, we'll probably talk about Daryl Williams in the waivers, but I think he's a good pickup, uh, especially in a deeper league. But just to take a chance that both of them, uh, Shady and Damian Williams, are out for the week. Because Detroit's – I mean, they're an exposable defense. So it's not bad, but yep. it would be a good matchup. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then uh, how about the receivers? So Demarcus Robinson and Michael Hardman, uh, as of right now, you know, you're starting um, – there's some whispers in the bushes that uh, Tyreek Hill could potentially make a comeback here in the next week or two. I personally don't think it's going to happen. And even if he does, he's not going to be put to work right away. Um, so I'm not worried about Tyreek Hill right now, unless we know for sure he's in and then I will move accordingly. But for this week, I'm not considering it. And um, Sammy Watkins, I'm starting automatically. He still leads the team every week in targets, but so far Demarcus Robinson and Miko Hardman have outpaced him the last couple of weeks. How do you feel about either one of these receivers or are you just taking a stab and starting all three of them because it's the Chiefs? I mean, you definitely could start all three. I think Robinson uh, last week, I think, got him by 30% in snap share. So I think he kind of separated. I, get, I, mean, I think it's just like the veteran status of him as Hartman's a rookie. So I, mean, I don't really think there's much into it. But, yeah, you could definitely start all three. 
because this should be a high-powered game because Detroit has a good enough offense to put up points against this uh, not-so-great Kansas City defense. So I think you can definitely start all three. And Hartman's only – he had a touchdown that got called back uh, week two. So if, if he would have connected on that, I don't even think we'd be talking about st- like and starting all three. I think it'd be an auto start for all three. Yep, I agree. Cool. And uh, just a quick note on that as well, Darius Slay, uh, the all-pro – uh, cornerback or who has really saved the Lions games the last two weeks, breaking up two passes at the end of each game um, is potentially potentially out for this game. If he can't play <laughs> first the Chiefs, then I'm starting all three of these guys for sure. Um, and it's going to be a fireworks show. Let's jump over to Detroit really quick. Uh, Matt Stafford seems like an automatic start right now, but he's still all over waiver wires. Um, and I don't think ever really taken seriously, but he has looked very good. And my man, Marvin Jones has uh, really played well last week. I've been touting him all season, but he hasn't done much behind Kenny Holiday. Uh, and then TJ Hawkinson, who had a huge first week and then one for seven and then one for one. Um, are you starting any of these lions against a shaky uh, chiefs defense in what should be a shootout, at least on the Chiefs' side. So, the Lions should have to throw to stay in this game, and they've thrown pretty well so far this year. Yeah, I think the thing with you were saying with Stafford and the waiver is I just don't think anyone – no, I mean, no one thinks it's cool, in quotations, to play Stafford <laughs> as a quarterback one. Right. He, I mean, I would think he's definitely top 10 fantasy quarterback per – I mean, per what he usually is, which is kind of – last year was kind of an off year, but he usually is good enough. And especially in this matchup, I think, yeah, you got to play him. Uh, especially in two quarterbacks. He's an auto lock in there. I mean, this matchup for Marvin Jones, yes. I'm not buying in too much to last week. Uh, just because Kenny Galladay is still the wide receiver one. There's no – I don't think he's chased – I don't think Marvin Jones is, like, closing the gap by any means. And I think Hawkinson had – I was listening to the Fantasy Footballers podcast, and I think he had, like, two touchdowns called back or something. Or Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch that game, so I'm not for sure. But, I mean, if you spent the fab for him, you – I feel like you're kind of in a pickle to where you have to start them. Totally. And they're tight ends, man. There's only three or four tight ends in the league who are going to be consistent every single week. Mm-hmm. We know that. Um, and unfortunately, you know, everybody else is going to be hit or miss. Uh, like we saw, Hawkinson blew up the first week. Not so much since. Quick note on Marvin Jones, six of nine for 101 yards and a touchdown. He actually led the team in air yards, which you just mentioned uh, is a is a really – important stat uh i know your man mike williams or mike williams uh mike evans um who we'll get to in a little bit uh you had mentioned to me over the weekend that you know air yards don't lie and you're absolutely right uh marvin jones led the team with 130 air yards ahead of kenny galladay's 78 so i think that's really important that they're targeting him deep let's go to uh buffalo new england and the buffalo bills both teams three and oh this will be a nice game i think this is going to be quite competitive actually the Patriots have not allowed an, a uh, touchdown against their defense yet this season in three games, which is insane. Um, they did give up uh, two defensive touchdowns against the uh, Jets last week, but that was not uh, against the defense, I should say. Um, so on New England side, it just kind of comes down to which receivers, right? James White is back. He's going to slot right back in. I think Burkhead has cemented himself. And then Sonny Michelle, although frustrating, I think all three of those guys are just going to be that mess every single week. For the wide receivers, though, Josh Gordon, Philip Dorsett, Jacoby Myers. Uh, there's a few different options here. Of course, A.B. is long gone. We're done talking about him. Um, Julian Edelman, assuming he plays, uh, 
with a rib injury, <clears throat> business as usual. If he doesn't play, though, um, how do you feel about all three of these guys? Josh Gordon may be automatic, but he's, he should be getting Tredavious White, which uh, is a rough matchup for anybody against Buffalo. So who's the next guy, Philip Dorsett or Jacoby Myers? Yeah, I think especially with James White back, I think the – I mean, I think Tom Brady in, in a sense would just be like, yeah, I'm just not going to mess with Gordon's matchup. So I think, I think Dorsett, if Edelman is out, is in line for what should be a good game. He's three, three touchdowns, right? Yeah, games. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he seems to be like always Brady's like go-to red zone, like kind of like look. I guess you could say, or like, as obviously teams are worried about where Edelman's at and where James White's at. So I'm definitely Dorsett. Uh, if Edelman's, you could probably even play that Edelman's in, but if Edelman's out for sure, Dorsett fire him up. I like it. Let's jump over to the Bills, and really it's just the the running backs. Um, Singletary is not quite 100%, so we have Frank Gore and Yeldon. Are you confident starting either one of these guys against the Patriots? Uh, probably I, not. Gore <laughs> maybe, like, if, depending on your league, Gore is probably the only one. Definitely not Knox, and no, not, no way Yeldon. Okay, and I mentioned uh, I mentioned Knox. He caught his first touchdown since high school. Um, he's another one of these boomer bust uh, boomer bust tight ends. I'm not excited about him moving forward, but always somebody to keep an eye on there uh, in Buffalo. <clears throat> Let's get into Baltimore and the Browns on the Brown side. Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry. Man, I know this has been a contentious uh, topic on the podcast here, as me as the house Browns truther and you not. Um, there's not much to say. I'm not going to like back the Browns. They look like shit. Um, Baker Mayfield, I'm not going to drop him because I just believe in him more than that. But I'm getting a handful of messages where people are straight up like, should I trade him for like Jacoby Brissett? Should I yes. drop him? Should I, you know, this and this? And I'm like, you know, it depends on your team and how you're feeling, whatever. Jarvis Landry, on the other hand, this is like year after year after year. We know how good of an athlete and a receiver he is in real football. He's just not a good fantasy asset, dude. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of golden Tate and Julian Edelman uh, without the volume. And he looks really fucking good when they give him a chance, but he's way overshadowed by Odell, of course, and Baker's just not using him. So Jarvis Landry for me is just unstartable period for me. Uh, Baker also is unstartable this week for sure against Baltimore. Let's jump over to the Ravens. Marquise Brown. Are you still riding the train? And then if, Mark Andrews can't go. Are you interested in either Hayden Hurst or Nick Boyle, the other two tight ends in Baltimore? Uh, for the tight end question, no, because I think they'll just look elsewhere. They're not going to worry about trying to fill in Andrews' role. Um, and those two tight ends definitely get enough snaps to where it's not really like someone's replacing Andrews in a sense. They'll just be out there for a little bit longer um, or more in the game. Marquise Brown, though, yes. And we'll talk about him in the uh, all-in check fold. Uh, I added yep. him on the list there, so we'll just talk about him then. Deal. Uh, let's move into Tennessee and Atlanta. This game is in Atlanta. Uh, Tennessee, <clears throat> I have Deion Lewis, who I want to just kind of bring up. Um, to me, I mean, you should keep him on your roster just in case, but you're not starting Deion Lewis. And Corey Davis, dude, holy shit. Um, Corey Davis isn't playable either, and I guess my real question is just what's your temperature on A.J. Brown uh, easily, I think, easily the best receiver um, for the uh, Titans um, right now. Big body, athletic, uh, but Mariota obviously is the problem. Unfortunately, he's my man, but 
looks terrible. Um, Corey Davis, I'm not playing at all right now. Deion Lewis either. How do you feel about A.J. Brown real quick? I think A.J. Brown, I want him to switch to Tannehill. I think that's the thing. I think if they switch to Tannehill, I mean, they have nothing to lose. You can maybe see one of the receivers come up, but for now, no way for any of them. (laughs) Dude, he caught one of five targets for four yards, A.J. Brown did. I don't even know if like it was his fault is the thing. Like Mary No, no, I'm not I'm not even banking on him. I'm more just saying like that's that's terrible, dude. That's just so bad. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. But I think you're right. Tannehill used to chuck it in Miami. I think he'll be able to do that here as well. Let's flip over to the Falcons. Um Freeman is really the only one I want to talk about here. Uh obviously you start him, but how do you feel about him versus Tennessee's defense? And in my opinion, he was able to get 18 rushes for 88 yards this week, didn't score, but he had his, you know, the most work he's had so far this season, but that was after Ito Smith left the game early with the concussion. Um, I'm not sure Ito Smith is going to play in this game. So Freeman might be the bona fide number one again. Uh, I haven't been on Freeman at all in the preseason or this season. So people know how I feel. How do you feel about Freeman? Are you confident about him at all? I mean, I'm not, I'm like with you. I'm not a huge Freeman fan, but he obviously saw the work last week. And if Edo Smith doesn't play, um, you can kind of relate it to how Leonard Fournette's going to do kind of in a sense last week, just because he's going to get, I mean, he got Freeman got four catches last week without Edo Smith. I can imagine that go up to like five or six. Um, yep. mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you kind of have to play him. I don't really know if you have any other options. Uh, his carry count, Devonta Freeman, his carry count has gone up eight in week one, 11 in week two, 16 carries, excuse me. I think I said 18, 16 carries in week three. Um, That looks good. Obviously if he gets up in the 20 range uh, you start any running back, that's getting that kind of volume. And, you know, with Atlanta at home, hopefully, you know, Antonio, Antonio, um, Devontae Freeman should have a nice breakout game eventually. Uh, I'm just not super excited about him per se. A no, no. um, couple more games here in the afternoon, then we'll get to the night games, Rams and Buccaneers. On the Buccaneers side, either running back give you any interest at all. We don't need to really talk about these guys, but, um, no. you know, Barber hasn't looked terrible. Ronald Jones looks better, but he's not getting the start yet. Um, neither one of these guys interests you as of right now? There's, there's no starter in that backfield, so there's no point of trying to mess around with it. Deal. How do you feel about OJ Howard? I think he's back. Someone dropped him Love in it. one of my main leagues, so I've, oh, I scooped him up in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. If if OJ Howard's on your waiver wire, don't be don't be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> pick him up. Pick him up immediately. And honestly, drop I'm gonna Parkinson or someone like just drop someone that I don't know. You can't leave him on the waivers. Absolutely. I would. Um. I'm gonna talk about him in the uh, trade. Uh, trade area. I think OJ Howard's a buy low right now, to be honest. Um, and then on the other side, uh, Everett was the only Ram I could even think about that you're not automatically starting. He's another kind of makeshift tight end, not sexy. There's so many other options. Do you have any confidence in, in no, Everett at all? Really. Okay. Just start. I mean, Robert Woods is <clears throat> scaring me, but you have to start him. Robert Woods is kind of the, uh, kind of the tight end. For the Rams, I mean, Cooper Cup is is yeah, the clear number of, one in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. And, yeah, Cooks is, is the next guy and then Robert Woods. Okay, I agree with you. Let's go on to Arizona and Seattle for Seattle. Uh, Carson is starting to scare me as well. Yeah. Rashad Penny, a little bit beat up. I don't, I'm not even sure he goes this week. Um, and then DK Metcalf. So, Carson had his third fumble in three weeks. Uh, Pete Carroll, of course, came out to back his guy because that's what he does, and that's super nice. But the reality is behind closed doors, I can't imagine Pete Carroll's excited about that. Carson looks amazing when he holds on to the ball, but unfortunately he can't hold on to the ball. That will eventually 
um, cost him his job, I think. I don't know if it's this week, but eventually that's not going to be good. Rashad Penny, when he's healthy, I think we'll start taking more and more of that workload away that we started to see at the end of last season. And DK Metcalf, dude, he's my man. I think he has a nice big game against his terrible uh, secondary for the Cardinals. I think the Seahawks, um, this might might be kind of a sneaker shootout in, in this game, actually, in Arizona. But I like DK Metcalf here to, to actually have a big game. So I'm firing him up for sure. I'm going to start Carson uh, because I'm not sure Rashad Penny is healthy um, for this week. But monitor that moving forward. And then uh, Christian Kirk on the other side for Arizona. Uh, Larry Fitz is absolutely killing it. Uh, David Johnson's an automatic. Kyler Murray, I guess, if you're feeling that. Um, more of a two QB thing, I think at this point, but uh, Christian Kirk, how do you feel about him? Yeah. I mean, he had what, 10 catches last week. Like it was so strange because they started off so hot. The Arizona offense did. And then I, I mean, I wasn't watching the game. I don't know what happened. It just completely shut down the second half. It was kind of weird. Which has been weird because it actually went the opposite the first couple of weeks, right? They started off really sloppy and slow. And then the last, like the last 10, 15 minutes of the game, they went fucking ape shit, you know, like too little, too late, but making it happen. Uh, you're right. Christian Kirk did catch 10 balls last week on 12 targets, but just 59 yards somehow. Still though. I mean, if 10, 10 catches, you can't deny that. I mean, I mean, he's a, he's a prime air yards example too. I don't even know what he is. He's probably top. I mean, after last week, he probably fit on a little bit, but he's definitely top 30, and he has his games here and there. And Seattle's secondary is like middle of the pack, I would say. So you definitely – I mean, the work is there. You can't argue that. So he's definitely a wide receiver – a flex with wide receiver two upside, I think. And he's uh, he's averaging ten targets per game so far in the in yeah, the first three games. You can't Christian Kirk. With that too much. <clears throat> Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars and your Broncos. Um, Minshew, you know, I'm just I get it. Like I'm I'm just not super feeling the hype. I understand the style and I understand him uh, being a fun dude to root for. And I don't hate the guy by any means. But like football wise, I think he's cool. And I watched him at uh, Washington State, and he lit it up. Uh, I, I believe he finished fifth in the Heisman voting. You know, obviously he can play. I'm not hating on him. Uh, but I think, like, the hype is a little too high. And I'm just straight up rooting for you this week, dude. The Broncos oh are due. God. The Broncos are due. Vic Fangio comes over. They have two of the best pass registers in the league. They have a great um, slot cornerback, and their defense is fucking terrible. I have no idea what's going on. I think they get right this game in mile high against the Jags. I think uh, Minshew – gives up the first sack to the Broncos and probably then some maybe makes a few mistakes. So Leonard Fournette, you're still having to start, even though that's frustrating. Yeah, you have to. Do you feel DJ Chark and, Chark. um, and, uh, D, uh, DD Westbrook. Yeah, DD. Um, are you confident in either one of these guys, uh, moving forward? I think Chark. Cause I think, I mean, just based off a of Broncos fan, Isaac Yadam is awful. Like, I mean, you saw last week, MVS had, what, almost 100 yards on, like, yep. six catches. 99. Yeah, and that – I mean, <clears throat> comparable, like, MVS's deep threat game is kind of the same as Chark's. And I think – I mean, I think the Broncos know that Didi's the better receiver, so they'll kind of focus more – I don't know. We, we better get a sack this week. There's no way <laughs> – like, the only person you have to shut down on the Jags is Fournette. It's, it's so bad. How do you, how do you sign – Vic Fangio and go from the top three offense and not get a sack in three games with Chubb and Von Miller. This doesn't make any sense. 
Well, let's go over to the Broncos, man. Let's talk about Royce Freeman oh, real gosh. quick. He's definitely my man. Uh, you know, go Ducks. Um, he gets hurt last week with a shoulder injury, which, which really let Philip Lindsay uh, get two goal line carries. So those might have gone to Royce Freeman. Um, Royce Freeman has looked as good as Royce or as uh, Philip Lindsay, in my opinion, in the first couple of games, although not amazing. He rushed 15 times for 63 yards last week. Uh, do you think he's able to bounce back? And then are there any receivers other than Sanders? And do you think your boy Flacco is going to actually throw to Sanders more than three times at the very end of the game? It's so bad. Like it's, I don't even need to explain it. Uh, we could just move on, bro. If it's hard feelings, I don't, you know. I mean, I think Lindsay <laughs> last week not necessarily proved he's the – they both run really, really great, like just in terms of like a, a normal overall football standpoint. But I think Lindsay – I think Fangio is not going to try to mess with anything. He's just going to ride with what is working, and that is Lindsay running the ball and catching the ball. Yes. I, I don't think you can start Freeman this week. Oh, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence with Sanders, just kind of watching what Jacksonville's defense done. Because really the only bad game they have is the Chiefs. But, I mean, every defense is going to have a bad game against the Chiefs. So, Ramsey is definitely fake sick because he doesn't want to play for the Jags, and that's fine. Yeah, but, but it's still Bouye and Well, but, I mean, Ramsey's got to play. If he doesn't play, he's not going to get paid. So, yeah. he's going to play this week until he gets traded. Um, does Ramsey cover Sanders, you think? Because um, if he can shut down Sanders, it's game over, dude. Sanders lines up in the slot and right. majority of the time. Like they, they still switched around with Hamilton and I mean fan we run two tight ends quite a bit. So I would think I mean I I would think they're smart enough just to have him shadow. Like who's gonna beat you? Cortland Sutton and Noah Fan. No. Like I mean no. I would think so. I don't know. Sanders is kind of if you have to, you have to. You can't really not very many options available, but I would lean towards the sit side a little bit. Got it. Let's move on to probably not a very fantasy-friendly game uh, here. Um, Minnesota Vikings at Chicago Bears. Um, Diggs and Cousins uh, I want to talk about for Minnesota. Now, Cousins maybe just shouldn't even be on this list. I'm not starting him at all. No. Um, but in a 2QB league, I'm, you know, start somebody else. Uh, Andy Dalton, um, you know, uh, we just mentioned Jacoby Brissett. You know, go get somebody else. Matt Stafford. Whatever. Um, Diggs, three for three, 15 yards. Uh, he caught a 49-yard touchdown last week. Cousins missed him on another deep touchdown this week. Um, Diggs is quite frustrating. Thielen is getting the touchdowns and getting the yardage, but not very much either. Um, he's kind of a trade target I, or, you know, a, a trade away target potentially too. Definitely frustrating. Of course, Dalvin Cook, you fire up. Um, but no one else I'm really excited about from Minnesota. On the Chicago side, David Montgomery and Cohen are kind of those, you know, up in the air. Do you start them against Minnesota's defense? And uh, Anthony Miller sh shows some signs of life. And Taylor Gabriel, three touchdowns so on Monday fun. Night Football before he gets hurt. Um, Montgomery, Cohen, Miller, Gabriel. Do you feel confident starting any one of those guys versus uh, the Vikings? No. Like I, yeah. I'm last week it might have, like, brought a little bit of hope, I guess, into people's fantasy world with them but no it's I mean they got the ball and they had forced what five turnovers like I mean all the momentum was in their way and I mean, Minnesota's look good I mean they're the one loss to the Packers because they just let up 21 points in the first quarter besides that they look good so I yeah I mean yeah no I was gonna say maybe Montgomery but there's really no hope I don't think with him there 
Okay. Let's move on to the last two games of the slate. Sunday night football, the Dallas Cowboys go into New Orleans to face the Saints. Um, man, this would have been an extra juicy game with Drew Brees. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's not. Um, so the Cowboys go into New Orleans to face uh, Teddy Two Gloves and the Saints for the Cowboys side. Um, Pollard, holy shit. Outpaced, yes. outpaced Zeke Elliott in fantasy points. Zeke did have a few more yards, but Pollard did get the touchdown. Jason Witten didn't score, um, but he's still a reliable option. And then uh, you have uh, – Randall Cobb and Smith, as well as other options. Uh, Cobb and Smith, I think, are super deep options, as is Witten. Uh, Tony Pollard, man, how do you feel about this? This is obviously not a committee. I think they were just smashing the Dolphins um, enough to get him plenty of work. But, dude, he's the real deal, man. I think him and, and um, uh, Alexander Madison of the Vikings, I think, are the top two handcuffs in all of football. Yeah. I'm interested. I mean, I don't think it's... You can't play him, right? No, I mean, you yeah, can't no, actually I, start him. That was just like a there would be Miami type thing. I'm interested to see <laughs> what they do with him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they can just hold him in the, their backfield forever, can they? Well, clearly, I mean, like, dude, like, no, they won't. But they also don't have to run Zeke 25 times a game. They That's, can run Zeke yeah, 15 saying. to 18, and they can get Pollard 10 touches out of the backfield to mix things up. Zeke can catch the ball. Pollard can catch the ball. So it's not like an automatic, you know, some of these guys who come on the field, like Sony Michelle, when Sony Michelle's on the field and Rex Burkhead isn't, they know they're running the ball. Right. But if Pollard and Zeke can both catch and run effectively, then you can't really game plan. It's like uh Gurley and Malcolm Brown. They can both do both. So you can't necessarily lean one, one way or the other. So I like it a lot, dude. Just in like football standpoint, they should get Pollard more involved, keep Zeke more healthy, a few less touches. Um, Pollard's a real deal, dude. He really, he really is. So you're not starting him, but he definitely needs to be picked up if you're the Zeke owner for sure. But I might just stash him on a deep bench anyway, uh, just in case. Let's go over to the Saints. Uh, Latavius Murray hasn't done anything this season outside of a 30-yard touchdown the first week of the season. Um, Jared Cook also hasn't done much, and Teddy Bridgewater looked okay in the first uh, first start last week. Um, looked awful in the second half of the uh, second um, second half when Breeze went out two weeks ago against the Rams, but he looked okay. Murray Cook, Teddy Bridgewater, are you trying to fire up any one of those guys on Sunday Night Football? Uh, Teddy maybe super flex, just because. I mean, he did okay last year, enough to where if you, like, had to play him in Superflex just due to, obviously, injuries or whatnot, bye weeks, he could definitely be a starter. It's kind of sucks. I think Latavius Murray's becoming fantasy irrelevant just due to that injury. I think it just kind of – they're going to rely on Kamara more, and obviously you saw that last week. Dude, he's um, so fucking good. It's Holy so shit. insane. Like it's, <laughs> Holy shit. How did he not – like, how did he get drafted in the third or fourth round? Dude. How was the third string? Like, it's – I don't know how you miss on scouting a guy like that. Like, I Dude, don't know my, goes wrong. my favorite – it's not even a stat. It's just, like, a fact. My favorite thing to, to say about Alvin Kamara is that Jalen Hurd, who is, like, the ninth string receiver for the 49ers right now, was actually ahead of Alvin Kamara on the depth chart at yeah, Tennessee at so one point. Crazy. I yeah. just think that's fucking amazing. I don't get it. I just don't – yeah. If you're a scout, I don't know how you miss on that. Oh, Kamara's Kamara's my dude. He's he's uh he's in my top three uh, favorite players in the league for sure. Let's get to the last game of the week, and that is the Cincinnati Bungles heading into Pittsburgh. Dude, this one might be rough. I don't know. 
how the NFL does it. But Thursday night games are like, I, right. But they're usually boring because the teams are off of three days of rest and fucking exhausted and like half-assing it. Mm -hmm. Sunday night games are the best game of the week every single week. And Monday night games are usually like the worst game of the week. Um, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh right now, this could be a rough game. (laughs) Um, Honestly, I put Joe Mixon on here, man. Um, He finally showed up last week. I think he feels a little bit better. So he got in the end zone with a receiving touchdown. So I just wanted to mention that like he's back. I actually benched him twice, uh, two weeks in a row. The first week it made sense. Last week I got burned, of course, but he looks um, good. So I'm firing up Joe Mixon. John Ross and Andy Dalton. Um, John Ross came back to earth this week, but I think he's still a deep play. And versus Pittsburgh, who should be able to put up points at home, John Ross, I think, should have a bomb or two going his way. So I like Ross this week in a deep play and uh, maybe like DFS especially. And Andy Dalton um, has been a really good quarterback so far this year uh, with over 40 pass attempts a game in three games. But this is prime time. Andy's on the road. I am fading Andy Dalton unless, you know, if you needed me to tell you that. On the Pittsburgh side, James Conner, man, big question mark. Uh, we'll talk, let's get to James Conner in just a second. Vance McDonald, James Washington, Deontay Thompson, and uh, Mason Rudolph. Um, there's a lot of names here, but let's, let's really focus on James Conner and Vance McDonald. Yeah, it's – I want to know, like, it's possible for someone to, like, find the percentage of, like – James Conner drafted in the first round over like Dalvin Cook or like there's something crazy like that because it is insane how like I mean <clears throat> I don't know just people so many people drafted him in the first round and now he's basically nothing and it's literally just because of the game script that's really the only thing that's hurting him um you have to start him though is the bad thing uh just because of who you where you drafted him I mean you early second at the latest risk it's a you can't really sit that in a sense. But Vance, I mean, he's hurt, I think. I don't know. They just traded for uh, Nick Bennett from Seattle, too. I don't yep. know if that's like a, just an injury, like just kind of like a cover for a couple of weeks or something type. I don't really look too much into Vance's injury. Uh, Washington, uh, I don't know. I don't really think we can decide on a wide receiver, too, yet because Deontay Johnson did score a touchdown in that game. Or did you mean to put Deontay Johnson instead of Thompson there? Oh, yes. Sorry. Deontay Johnson. So confused. Uh, Rudolph in two QB leagues. I think you're okay with starting, especially with Jimmy G and Darnold on the bye this week. But, yeah, if anyone knows any way to find, like, the percentage of Connor draft in the first round, that would be very intriguing. I just kind of, like, pictured that, I guess, as I looked at the names. Yeah, that would be that would definitely be interesting. I'm I'm uh, I'm with you, man, because you know I faded him a little bit, um, and it was just a matter of, like I just thought Jalen Samuels was going to take over more work, which hasn't necessarily yeah, happened. It's, not it's even just really that. no, it's just that the you know AB not being there has changed the offense completely, and then Big Ben going down obviously doesn't help. I think mm-hmm. they're going to get better moving forward um, because I actually do believe in Rudolph overall, but the first first couple of weeks is rough. Maybe they get right here on Monday Night Football, but, you know, James Conner is an RB2 at best at this yeah. point, and maybe even a flex, depending on what you got. Um, yeah, Vance uh, Hurt, not really feeling that, and I think you covered uh, the rest of them here. <clears throat> 
Let's get into uh, just a quick start of the week. So each position, you and I put down a guy that we feel confident in to start of the week. And then uh, once we get through these, we will take a quick break and then we'll get into our waivers and trade segment. Um, I'll let you go first on this one, man. Uh, your start of the week at quarterback is? Darren Rodgers, man. The bounce back. We talked about it last week in the all in checker fold, but it is now the time to get him. I'm, I I can imagine that Aaron Rodgers, especially in like Superflex, they the owners are hurting. I don't even know. He's probably like QB twenty, and I don't even check. I probably should have checked, but he is due for a bounce back this week, solely based off the purpose of the. Just look at the Philadelphia's past matchups. Uh, Matt Ryan went for like 22, 23 points. I mean, Case Kingdom put up like twenty seven points. Uh, shoot, who they put? Stafford put up like twenty four, roughly around there. Yep. It's 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 gonna happen. The game's at Lambeau. It's prime time. I mean, if if the Eagles wide receivers are hurting, I mean that is not obviously that doesn't really help Rodgers, but that just adds to the sense that Rodgers will be on the field for longer. It just it's just all adding up for Rodgers this week and after this week. If you miss out on that trading form, there's no way you'll be able to because people will think that Aaron Rodgers is back. I agree. And he is definitely due for like a, you know, 350 and three yeah, at least. Throw the ball all over the place. And I think it's Thursday night, I think that's going to happen. Totally agree. I'm going to go with the number one quarterback on the week last week, which might be a little bit of cheating, but he generally is not. He is literally not up on the top the last uh, handful of weeks and really the last couple of years because um, they are such a run first team and that is Russell Wilson 32 of 50 for 406 and two touchdowns he also ran for another touchdown uh, another two touchdowns and 50 yards on the ground um, Russell Wilson absolutely beasting 450 total yards now he gets the Cardinals who are absolutely putrid in that Four secondary dude I'm loving, loving, loving <laughs> Russell Wilson this week. Uh, like I said, I expect DK Metcalf to have a big game. We all know Tyler Lockett is going to have his deep bomber too. So I like Russell Wilson a lot as my quarterback start of the week. Running back start of the week um, for you is? It's Austin Eckler. And it's it's kind of the whole cheat. He's what, running back one, I think, maybe, like an in, in overall fantasy so far. Yeah, he, yep, should be. So, I mean, it's it's kind of cheating in a sense, sort of like the Russell well, Wilson. He, yeah, he had a down week last week, though. I'd count. But, I mean, he had a down week in a sense that he did score a touchdown. But if he would have scored a touchdown, he's over 20 points in, in full point PPR. But that's kind of how I'm going to sort of sell it, I guess. They play Miami. Uh, let me pull up. I should have these numbers pulled up by now. My bad. Okay, they play Miami in the past three games, the, the only three games of Miami this year in their – Tank for two a season. They've allowed 38.1, 35.5, and 37.7 points to uh, opposing teams running backs in PPR. And Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson are the only two running backs in the team, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you split that in half, that's 18 points. And we know Eckler's like the 65% side. I think you could set a benchmark for that. So I'm projecting over 20 points for him, as well as ESPN's doing that um, in their PPR projections. And literally last week, if he just found the end zone, I don't think there would be any talk about him in a sense. I would guess everyone's like, yeah, no big deal. But he'll find the end zone this week and get you over 20 points. I like it. I like a bounce back for him too. I'm going to go with Derrick Henry, which makes me kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit. I don't like Derrick Henry. I don't have him on any of my teams. I won't have him in any of my teams. And I'm not confident that he's going to have a huge game per se 
However, this week in Atlanta, the only way that the Titans are going to slow down Atlanta, who should throw the ball all over the yard or at least try to at home, um, is going to be riding Derrick Henry. Uh, they just lost Keanu Neal, unfortunately, for the second year in a row. Torn Achilles, he's out for the year. Their safety, uh, that is a bummer for Atlanta. Um, and again, I just think that uh, you know if they don't run – I mean, Derrick Henry should have 25 carries in this game. Could have a couple catches as well. I think they're going to be able to move the ball enough up and down the field, even as terrible as that offense is. He should have a couple goal line carries. I can see Derrick Henry honestly going over 100 and maybe having two touchdowns in this game. Um, and I'm serious. I pretty much never believe in Derrick Henry. But this week in particular, I could see it happening. So he is my start of the week at the running back position. And at the receiver's, I really like both of our guys here. Um, you're you're doing the uh, the start of the week stack. We'll call yeah, it. Who's your stack. Who's your receiver? Devontae Adams. Oh, man. My dog. I, I took it's a keeper league. My main league. My team's my team's okay, but I took him number one overall. It's it hasn't been it hasn't been disappointing. I guess you could say, but it hasn't been what I expected. But this week, it's if he doesn't bounce back this week, then I'll be freaking out, but it's, I'm, I'm with you. Here. Uh, I've got, I've got him in the league of record uh, where I drafted him fifth overall. And I picked him, I think eighth, uh, eighth or 10th in the listener league overall, I think it was eighth. Um, so I, I picked him in, in both the leagues that we talk about here on the podcast. So I'm with him and it has been disappointing for me just because I expected him to be the number one overall uh, wide receiver. And he obviously has not been. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll, I'll go into my – the only thing I wrote up for him because he's going to be like the main feature in the start the start set article. So I kind of compared him to Julio's game he had against the Eagles, uh, what, two weeks ago, which was five catches, 106, and two. Um, and you can kind of compare. This is going to be kind of not a shootout, but it's going to be sitting right around 50 points for this game. Um, it's the Eagles in a primetime game. Theirs was Sunday. This is Thursday. But as of now, Julio has a target share of 24% and an average depth of target of 12.4, whereas Adams is 23% for target share and an average depth of target of 11.2. And I can kind of relate these offenses, kind of how I did with the MBS and Ridley thing, Uh, the sort of emergence of a wide receiver to a struggling running back and a above average defense. So I just kind of see similarities there. And Julio put up a 106 and two touchdown spot. I just – like I said, if I, he does not bounce back this week, then I'll start to freak out. But I'm I'm ready for the start of the week stack this week. Boom, I like it. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup, 11 for 12 last week, second week in a row, over 100 yards, two touchdowns. He is uh, the best receiver on the Rams, in my opinion. Um, he looks, you know, uh, Jay Glazer came out before we started the season and saying that he looks faster than he did before his ACL surgery, which all of us kind of laughed at. But, like, he legit looks stronger and faster than he did before the surgery. Cooper Cup looks amazing. He gets those red zone looks all day um, from uh, Jared Goff. And uh, now the Rams get the Buccaneers, who were just absolutely destroyed by the Giants receiving core, uh, who is not the Rams receiving core. So Cooper Cup should have another 100 and at least a touchdown, maybe two or three in this game. So I like him for my start of the week at the receiver position. And uh, let's get into the tight ends, and then we'll take a quick break and get into our waivers and trade segment. Um, start of the week at the tight end for you. We got D. Will Disley. I mean, it's Boom. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a famous start of the week tight end because he plays the Cardinals, who have allowed – 
a large, large amount of fantasy points to tight ends. It's 30, 27.6, 34.7, and 25.5. <laughs> I had it written up with the whole, like, his percentage of team fantasy points with Nick Vanette, and then they traded him. So he's the only tight end they're going to play. I just – I mean, in a, in a skinny – I guess I say skinny. In a slim tight end landscape, pick him up, drop – however many fab you need to just to get the win this week he should have a touchdown guaranteed maybe even two i love it love will disley that's awesome and uh, again that that kind of is uh, you and i are doing the old qb tight end stack start of the week with russell wilson so i like that a lot and uh, i will go with delaney walker um seven for nine 64 yards versus uh, the Jags, which is a nice game versus that defense. Uh, but he also should have had an 11-yard touchdown uh, that was tipped the line of scrimmage, um, but he was wide open and would have inflated his stats quite a bit. Uh, I had just mentioned the only way that the Titans are going to move the ball um, and and score points is the uh, versus Atlanta is Derrick Henry running the ball. I do believe that. The only receiving option that's even relevant for the Titans is Delaney Walker. I think he's going to be the other option. I can't believe I didn't do it on purpose. I actually accidentally uh, put in two Titans here to my starts of the week. Um, but I believe in Derrick Henry and uh, Delaney Walker. So Delaney Walker is my start of the week uh, tight end. And just to recap really quick, quarterback Wilson and Rogers, running back Henry and Eckler, wide receivers Cup and Adams and tight end Walker and Disley. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back with the waiver ads and a trade segment. Hey, listeners, let's take a break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to find more outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And of course, you can drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. Please also leave a rate and review on the podcast. We always appreciate your feedback. And make sure to visit our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings, waiver ads, and a start sit article by Lucas. Before we get into our waiver ads and our all-in checker fold segment, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. 
All right, let's look at some waiver ads. Now, by the time this podcast uh, drops, most waivers have gone through. Um, but if you're catching it, uh, if you're catching it early here, uh, because I'm on the West Coast, so it's a little bit different. So you might catch it early enough on the East Coast. But um, let's let's jump through each position here: quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And before we get into this, man. Um, can you do, you know, do another rep of, of what your article is on the website? Because I get a lot of DMS each week, which is great. And I I say this every podcast, we bring it up. I'm more than happy to take the time and answer your question individually because all the teams are different and your settings are different and shit's different. I get it. So I'm happy to, to break down your waiver pickups and your trade options and all these other things. Keep sending them to me. No problem there. But there's a lot of these answers that you can find in my rankings, like who should I start, this guy or this guy. My rankings indicate what I'm going to tell you. And then more so, start or sit, go read the article that Lucas spends a shit ton of time and energy and hours into uh, that will also give you a handful of hours. So, Lucas, really quick, man, can you break down exactly what you do to bring that start, sit article to life uh, that drops every single Wednesday right here on the on the tckpod.com? Yeah, so I – Sort of focus more on that in the waivers now, just because, like you said, every league's different. So it's kind of hard to write, like kind of pick guys for that, I guess. So that's where we do kind of the, the podcast for that. But for the start sit, I use many different tools, uh, whether it's like the Rotobiz tools that I have a package for. I look at targets, air yards that I talk about a ton, average at the target. Um, I don't know, receiver, quarterback, Matt. I just have a ton. Like I have all the tabs open right now. It's probably like 10 or 11 tabs. And I basically start on Monday night, roughly after the game. And I just kind of slowly chip away at it throughout the week. And that is up um, for sure every Thursday morning, sometimes Wednesdays I'm on tckpod.com. And you can go ahead and check that out there. And then send, well, send Sky your uh, start state questions or whatever, anything like that. And he gets them answered for you. Perfect. Let's jump into the quarterbacks here, man. Um, there's a lot of names here on the waiver, of course. I'm going to blaze through a bunch of names in general, and I know that there are some particular guys you want to talk about, so I'll pause on those. For the quarterback position, Daniel Jones, uh, who had two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, looked really good, versus, um, and now he uh, gets Washington. Kyle Allen stepping in for Cam Newton, four total touchdowns for him as well at Houston, and Jacoby Brissett versus the Raiders, 300-plus yards uh, versus Atlanta and two touchdowns there. So I like those options at quarterback at running back, uh, CJ Procise against Arizona um, and Ronald Jones, uh, 13 and 14 uh, rush attempts in two of the last three games. But uh, let's talk about Wayne Goleman um, of the uh, giants filling in for Saquon Barkley as of right now and Daryl Williams for uh, the chiefs. Yeah, I think Goleman's going to be the hot topic, which we kind of talked about for the waivers this week. But if you are not um, needy at running back, I know, I mean, I kind of know for a fact he's going to go for a lot of fab if you're in that type of league. I mean, anybody that's replacing Saquon's opportunity, which to me is kind of inflated a little bit because, I mean, there's no one Saquon, obviously, but it's kind of no offense. Like, it's not like the Zeke. He's not behind that offensive line, as you saw with Tony Pollard. So just kind of, don't expect a ton from Gallman. Um, and I actually just – Zach Zenner, Benny Cunningham, and Fozzie Whitaker just worked out for him today too. So kind of going along your point. Yep. Uh, They're going to get somebody. <laughs> yeah, so I just 
I'm not spending all my fab on if, if you are going to spend fab on a running back, I would lean more Daryl Williams just to take a chance that he's a starter for this week. Because um, if he is, then you can definitely play him against the Lions. Um, and then you have Procise. And eh, I think that's just more of a deep add, if anything. And then Ronald yeah, Jones. No, yeah, and Ronald, Ronald Jones and Procise are just kind of names that I'm mentioning that people people keep touch on. But I, I want to make sure that you <clears throat> excuse me, you highlight the guys that you want to get into. And, and uh, Daryl Williams, I think, is, is uh, kind of a no-name until now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, if uh, Damian Williams misses time or Shady McCoy misses time, uh, Darrell, uh, I always say Darrell, God damn it, Daryl Williams and, um, you know, uh, Thompson could potentially uh, both fit in there. But I think Daryl Williams could be the, the sneak attack play here. And while everybody else goes for Gallman, you could put zero fab or one fab on Daryl Williams exactly. and probably come away exactly. with him. Mm-hmm. I feel that. Okay, let's get into the receivers. Um, Adam Humphreys uh, and Anthony Miller, Matt Collins. Uh, those are definitely options. Matt Collins, uh, Mac Collins, especially um, nine for one twelve over the last two games. Humphreys six for ninety three versus Jacksonville. Anthony Miller still not super excited about him. I'm just trying to breathe life into him. He looked good on Monday night. A nice one arm catch that he stretched out into a first down. Um, but again, Mac Collins and Nelson Aguilar, who I mentioned earlier, two touchdowns in week three, those guys kind of depend on Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. So take with a grain of salt there, but, uh, Golden Tate is set to come back next week. Um, how do you think this is going to affect that, uh, Sterling Shepard? And how do you think this is going to affect, uh, Daniel Jones and just that overall giants offense that all of a sudden getting Golden Tate back and having Daniel Jones uh, as an actual competent quarterback, um, the giants might be. Kind of legit if they can get a running back out of this. I think – I mean, I, for me, I think Golden Tate's the biggest wide receiver out of the week. And if you play with, I don't want to say uninformed fantasy players, but people that don't yet dive into it too much, you could get Tate for zero fab. Because, I mean, here's how the waivers work. People will go in and just pick up the highest projected players. And obviously Tate's projected zero this week because he's suspended. So they're not even going to notice it unless they search in his name. So, I mean – I mean, I'm picking him up in one of my main leagues. Um, I'm sure he's stashed in a lot of the deeper leagues we're in. But I would go at him for even toss like two, $2 fab on it just to get make sure you get him. But I think he's the big one this week. I like it. And I just want to run through the schedule really quick, uh, starting in week um, five when he comes back. So, so the Giants are versus the Vikings, uh, where, again, let's, you know, let's assume that, that Tate plays the slot. So I like the slot against the Vikings. Uh, that's away from uh, Xavier Rhodes. At the Patriots, that's not really a good option anywhere, but the slot still works out. Then he gets the Cardinals, the Lions. Those are nice matchups. And then he's got the Cowboys, the Jets. The Bears aren't very good and Packers. But he's got a lot of plus matchups uh, coming up here right off the bat. So I like Golden Tate as well. Let's jump to the tight end position. Uh, your boy, Will Disley, um, 11 for 112 and three touchdowns in his last two games, and he gets Arizona this week. We just kind of went over him as well. Akins is the tight end uh, who I mentioned in the Ballers and Stallers uh, episode last time for Houston who had two touchdowns. I'm not really super excited about him per se, but you know if you have a, if a, you have a bench spot to burn, he's a tight end that scored touchdowns. So <laughs> you might as well pay attention to him. But Chris Herndon, another guy that's kind of 
hiding on your waiver wires, much like Golden Tate. Of course, he was suspended for four games. Chris Herndon has a week four bye, so he actually comes back week six versus Dallas. Uh, so it'll still be a couple weeks here. But um, how do you feel about Chris Herndon? And they should obviously have uh, Sam Darnold back from Mono at that point too, uh, which should be pretty nice. We've seen um, Jamison Crowder do well over the middle. Chris Herndon should be his spot moving forward. Yeah, I think if Disley, there's no way Disley stays on the waivers uh, tomorrow morning or after today, I guess you could say. Um, so I think Herndon, Herndon is a good add, especially if you have a guy like Hawkinson or maybe you drafted Ebron or you just have kind of a question mark at the tight end position. He, he should be safe enough to get you eight or nine points a week and you should be able to get him for really cheap unless you have uh, other sort of, I don't know, what you want to call it, in-depth fantasy players. I like it. Let's talk about a couple DSTs. Um, Pittsburgh uh, versus Cincinnati. Again, that's on Monday Night Football. I like that. Uh, Andy Dalton on the road and uh, in primetime is generally terrible. So I kind of like them as a sneak attack play. And also, um, as much as I just praised the Giants, um, Atlanta at home, uh, or excuse me, uh, the Titans, Atlanta at home versus Tennessee. If Derrick Henry and Delaney Walker don't do what I predicted, then uh, I think the Titans will be in some serious trouble on the offensive side of the ball. So I kind of like the Falcons at home there. And um, I'll let you talk about your boys. Uh, do you think Do you think the Broncos are worth a pickup this week against Jacksonville? I mean, I, I know Jacksonville isn't going to score more than 21 points on us, I guess. So that, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Um they're only projected like five points right now in ESPN league. So it's kind of a more of a, cause obviously there's like the top tier, like chargers and for the week that are going to go for, I don't know, five, five fab or whatever. And you can definitely get the Broncos for like zero fab or even the next day after waivers go through. And I mean, it's a good matchup. You can't really argue that. And I hope they get like one sack this week. I mean, it's coming. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's a low end, uh, like defense one, you could say, but it's definitely not a bad play by any means. Right on, I got you there. And uh, let's jump into the all in check or fold segment. Um, I've got a couple DMs I'm going to read you, uh, Lucas, and we have not prepped for this, um, and I didn't on purpose because I want to get your general reaction uh, to these. And I'm not going to give names uh, of the people who sent me these. Um, I just want to send you some general like trade options uh, that people sent me in the last you know 24 hours. So let me throw some trades at you. How do you feel about these? And then we'll get through some of our all-in checker folds. Um, so should I trade James Conner for Saquon Barkley? if my other running backs are Bell and Damian Williams in PPR. He's trading James Conner for Saquon Barkley, already has Le'Veon Bell and James uh, Damian Williams. Yeah, I mean, I would – with those two, yeah, I think I definitely would. Obviously, you're missing out on, I mean, the immediate um, play of this week. You're just taking the chance that Damian Williams is not playing. But I think if – you made that trade, you would need to go in and add Daryl Williams for sure. And I think that's a perfect example of going in and adding Gallman for the week. Um, obviously, I don't know if those players are rostered or whatever, but yeah, I think because I mean, you're going to start Lev Bell every week. And I mean, if when Damian Williams is healthy, I honestly think he's a better running back than James Conner. So yeah, for sure, I would do that because I can't imagine Barkley's out much longer than week 10 if I did have to pick a week. Right. Okay. And then um, a couple more. Uh, let's see. Um, Aaron Jones. 
Uh, oh, this was a receiver. Um, so Aaron Jones uh, for Nick Chubb. Do you think that's uh, fair either way? Which which side do you think wins that one? Aaron Jones for Nick Chubb in PPR. I think you're getting the safer play with Nick Chubb for sure. I don't think you can really argue against that. So to me, to, the way I play fantasy, I like the safer play. So yes, I would take it. But to you'd have to be deciding kind of the overall other aspects of your roster. Say you need need the safer play, then yes, obviously. But say you have safer receivers, then you could take the chance on Jones. Yeah. I mean, I think what we saw uh, Sunday is kind of Chubb's max in a sense. Like he's not going to – I mean, he's going to rush for touchdowns if they're on like the one-yard line, but he's going to get the 20 carries, 80 yards, and like four catches every week. Whereas Jones, I mean, we saw both sides of the spectrum for him. Okay, and then I had a double up, which I thought was interesting. Um, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs for Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Oh, God. Uh, that one's tough. I, I actually, I, I, I still lean toward the Vikings just because, yeah. but, but um, you know, Odell's upside is almost, almost trumps both Thielen and Diggs at this point. Yeah, I think – I mean, I would think you're going to start both players in a sense, right? Yep. So, yeah, I would go Vikings. I think they have the better chance of turning turning back what was last year, um, getting that back from last year. Okay, and last one, and I think I know this already. We've talked about it, but Mike Williams coming off of 190 and three touchdowns for uh, Devontae Adams. Yeah, Mike Evans. Mike Evans. You, you'd want Mike Evans the rest of the season over Devontae? I don't know if it's big enough of a gap <laughs> to make a decision. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think yeah. – I don't – I'd say no. I don't think he can. So stay as is or, or make that yeah, trade? Stay as is. I don't really think there's much of an advantage for either side there. Got it. Cool. And a reminder to everybody, please uh, email those in, tzkpod at gmail.com, or you can shoot us a DM on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. I get all those, and I, I will get back to you within 24 hours. So I just want to throw this at you. And uh, the more we get, man, the more I'm going to run down uh, to you. So those are just a couple off top that I wanted to run by you real quick. Um, let's go into some of all, um, our all-in trade, uh, all-in check or fold trade situation. So some all-in, so trade four players. Josh Jacobs, Chris Godwin, Marvin Jones, Devonta Adams, and uh, MVS, Sterling Shepard, and uh, OJ Howard, and Hollywood Brown. So those are players that we are looking to trade for uh, cumulatively. Of course, you and I probably agree and disagree on a couple of these. Are any of those players, uh, Jacobs, Godwin, Jones, Adams, MVS, Shepard, OJ Howard, and Hollywood Brown, any of those guys that you do not want to trade for? Um, I think – Jones and Shepard, I think, just because I don't, I think there's other similar um, like options. I guess you could say, like there's no really need for me to trade for him. Okay, and I'd be a little bit hesitant on Hollywood Brown just because I don't know what that Ravens defense is going to look like. But why don't you make a case for him? Yeah, I think uh, really the big thing, air yards, to me is kind of how, like if I watched the game last week, so I kind of have like a better view of it. But he had nine targets last week, thirteen the week before that it didn't connect on a couple. Um, and he still had, I think he had like two for 46. He, I mean, it was a not a appealing game, but he has 466 um, air yards total. It's probably top 10. I didn't write that down. And mm-hmm. 17.3 average at the target. And I mean, obviously he's just a big play waiting to happen every time he's on the field. 
Absolutely. So to me, you can definitely just get them cheap because someone's just going to trade them once they see that one bad game. Um, and they play the Browns, who have an okay. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of a you don't want to give away too much though because he's probably a flex at best every week. Right. I like Josh Jacobs to get more in the passing game. If he does, I think you can buy him real low after a bad game and him being sick and it just being the Raiders in general. Chris Godwin, two excellent games. Mike Williams finally sobered up, had a fucking incredible game. Everyone forgot about Chris Godwin. I think you can sell Mike Williams high if you wanted to do that, although I don't think you necessarily should. But you could sell him high and buy Chris Godwin low this week. I think they're going to even each other out moving forward. And uh, Devontae Adams and MVS we've already talked about. And O.J. Howard, again, I think is a buy low candidate as well. These uh, Czech players are players that we're kind of waiting to see here. So I have Todd Gurley, Joe Mixon, David Johnson, Fournette, and Stephon Diggs. Uh, any of those players that you're feeling more about trading for or trading off of Gurley, Mixon, David Johnson, Fournette, or Diggs? Yeah, I think Mixon and Fournette, they're in the middle of like trade for and check. Just because Mixon finally got sort of a – a true RB1 workload. just kind of, And he's getting more healthy, too. He's yes. getting more healthy. I'm with you. Him and Fournette are in the same thing. They're just kind of in a crappy offense, but they're still every week RB2 um, from here on out. And Mixon finally got his work in the passing game, like three for 30 or 40 in a touchdown. So he should be fine um, from here on out. And one thing I made, I made a case for Mixon. Of course, it didn't look as good after they lost two of their stud linemen and A.J. Green went down, so the Bengals kind of went to shit overall. But preseason, I was really high on Mixon. Um, he was my number six running back going into draft season, actually, and I think most people had him, like, outside the top ten. And the biggest reason I had Joe Mixon that high was because Zach Taylor, who, of course, came over from the Rams as the quarterback coach, helped call the plays and used Todd Gurley so much in the pass game. And I was not comparing Joe, uh, Joe Mixon to last year's Todd Gurley, but I was saying if he gets the same usage, then Joe Mixon could be a fucking animal because he's super talented and a great pass catcher, and Marvin Lewis never used him like that. So if he's healthy and they are going to use him like that more and more in the pass game, and he starts getting six, eight targets a game uh, with, you know, 15-plus uh, carries, Joe Mixon could be um, – uh, you know, a serious threat here. And I think you could buy him low as well right now, but he's kind of hit or miss because he had a couple first rough games there. Let's go into the fold area. And uh, unfortunately, I got to let my guy, Matt Breida go. Uh, Latavius Murray and Jarvis Landry. I already went over Jarvis Landry. Latavius Murray, we've talked about as well. Matt Breida for me is just too many mouths to feed, man. Tevin Coleman's about to come back. Is he going to be the first down back? Is he going to be the third down back? Is he going to be the goal line guy? Matt Breida already is playing very, very well. But as soon as they get into the red zone, they bring in Raheem Mostert, who I love. And they also bring in Jeff Wilson, <laughs> who nobody knew about until last week. So Matt Breida is like fourth on the depth chart being the, the number one running back on the team. It's a really weird situation. I don't feel comfortable about him though right now. And if you could trade anybody in that backfield, I think it's Matt Breida just on the first couple of games and you may be able to get you know, somebody else for him. I don't know, James White or something after he missed a game and his stats aren't as high if people aren't paying attention. Uh, you know, something like that. But um, anybody there that I'm I'm too low on? Matt Breida, Latavius Murray, Jarvis Landry. No, I think there's a there's plenty of people we could add into this list. Um, I don't know. This is a ton of situations. Breida, I think, is a good one just because he, he had 10 points in PPR last week and 13 the week before. So you could definitely package him with, I don't know, Maybe like Breida and like a Marvin Jones for just for like a safer RB two three candidate. 
One more guy I wanted to mention who was like a trade for candidate when I started this, and then he was a trade away candidate. So I was all in, and then I wanted to fold him. I should have just put him in check in the middle, but that's Adam Thielen. And for me, I, I you know I put Diggs in the check because I just believe he's talented and he'll come around eventually. Uh, but Adam Thielen is escaping with touchdowns. But still not, you know, he's getting more work than Diggs. But not if you take his touchdowns away, he's he's not doing shit. And this Vikings offense wants to run and run and run. And Dalvin Cook is, you know, one of the top three running backs in the league right now. So they're going to do that as long as he's healthy. Although Dalvin Cook has not made it out, out of October yet in his career. So if he can't hold up, they're going to have no choice but to air it out. And all of a sudden, Thielen and Diggs will become Thielen and Diggs. So I'm worried about trading him away. But at the same time, he's kind of like burning up a spot where I, I feel like I could go like Thielen for Godwin or something. And I would like that trade a lot personally. I think you could definitely, you could definitely work Thielen in something for Devontae Adams, I think, if you get the right owner. Just because they'll look at, oh, he's getting the touchdown a week and he's even rushing in the touchdown here and there. Or not here and there, just literally once. But like, I don't know. I think there's definitely – I don't know who you could package it with. Maybe like a J- James Conner and Thielen for Adams or something like that. Oof. I like that. That's a nice That's a nice trade. Before we get out of here, I want to bring up one more thing, and that's just trading and um, kind of thinking about bye weeks. So I don't think about bye weeks a lot when I draft because your team just changes so much frequently that, like, I don't worry about that. When I'm trading, though – I definitely think about that. So again, first week of bye weeks, this week, week four, 49ers, Jets on a bye. We're going to have two teams, four teams, six teams on a bye moving forward all the way through Thanksgiving. And for me, this is something where I do consider a trade. And here's why. What I want to do is last year I traded for Julio Jones in two leagues after he had not scored a touchdown in uh, eight consecutive games. And of course he blew up in the second half and helped me win a league. But I also skipped his bye week. So he had his bye week early and he already had that. So when I traded for him, I didn't have to inherit his bye week, if that makes sense, right? So what I want to try to do, if it makes sense, and I don't deem a trade on this per se, but if it makes sense, I want to get players who have already had a bye week so that I don't have to have that bye week and make it even better is trade a player that have an upcoming bye week. Does that make sense? So I can get rid of a player that has a bye week coming up, inherit a player that already had a bye week, so I don't have to have that player sit out. So when you're looking at a trade, consider those things. Again, I'm not going to not trade or trade for a guy specifically for that reason, but it's definitely something I consider uh, when I'm making a trade from now until um, Thanksgiving, which is generally kind of that trade deadline. Um, Lucas, before we get out of here, any other tips or tricks uh, when you're trading we're three four weeks into the season now we're really starting to get into it some guys are three and oh sitting pretty others are oh and three panicking um any words of advice to keep people <laughs> keep people uh from you know uh walking the plank i should say for the next couple of weeks i think i think the big thing especially now is don't be the guy that says no one's on the trade block I, that that's the one thing i can't stand i guess is sort of Especially now, if you're sitting on three, it's if you have a guy like oh I don't know like Eckler or something, get two safe options. Just I don't know, be open to any possible trade to obviously uh, bring value to both sides. 
I totally agree with you. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks again for jumping on. And uh, y'all make sure to go check out tckpod.com and check out uh, Lucas's start, sit, and waiver column. And uh, we'll catch you next time. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com. And you can also shoot us a DM on Instagram or Twitter as well as Facebook. Please also visit our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings, waiver ads, and Lucas's start sit column. If you've gained any value from this episode, please leave a rate and review on the podcast and give us a like and a follow on social media. It really does make the world to us and make a huge difference for our podcast. Make the most of the rest of your day, and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.